Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to my podcast. This is Joy AJ's podcast. Stay tuned for today's episode. I know it's been a while that I posted. These days, excuse my busy schedule, I will be posting spontaneously, as God wants me to. You can tell from the background noise that I'm somewhere calm and relaxing, where the beach and the waters and the wind and the chirping birds just remind me of God's glory and God's goodness. So come with me on this journey of checking your heart, searching your own heart today. Now, this is a a daily exercise that I believe every believer, everyone should check or should do as a wellness activity, as a spiritual connectivity. Everything really comes down to what's in your heart. And we know there are many scriptures that say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There are many scriptures around the heart. And that's why our heart check is almost like a medical checkup for that little part of us that has a lot to play in the way we live, in the way we think, in the way we act. Now, what is the heart in this regard? The heart is not just a vital organ that pumps blood to every part of our body. The heart is almost used to refer to your most innermost being, your most innermost self, your nature, what goes on where no one else can see, yet so vital that it can produce life in you or death. And so today we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 8, specifically from verse 18, or we could start from 19, and I'll just give you some context, okay? So this is a T, and I like to say T because, I don't know. Some guy um, was really a very powerful person. His name was Simon. And in in an entire city, they feared him. They just knew that you don't cross this guy. You don't mess with this guy because he is so powerful. He, he He has something extra that differentiates him from the rest of the citizens here. Until Philip got there and philip was one of those that were saving serving tables initially in the previous chapters but he was one of the disciples of jesus christ and philip got there and philip represented christ well philip spoke the gospel and displayed the acts of jesus christ himself 
what are those acts? What were the same things that Jesus Christ was doing? Jesus Christ was liberating people from their sicknesses, from their bondages, from their sin, and just healing them and producing great joy wherever he went. So Philip came to the city to do the exact same thing, and he did it successfully. And so this Simon guy was like, okay, this is a power that is much higher than my power. I have to bow. You know how sometimes people do a fist, I mean, arm wrestling, and the person that is stronger has a, a, the ability to pull your hand to his side or to the side he desires. And so like an arm wrestling game of power, the power of Jesus, the power that God displayed was higher than Simon's sorcery and witchcraft. And so he said, you know what? I'm going to throw in the towel on my my old ways and I'm going to follow Jesus. Now, this sounds like an exciting thing, right? Because there are many people who are Christians or claim to be Christians and they had a background where they did things for 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 the wrong reasons. And now they've come to know Jesus, but they want to know Jesus because of something else. They want to be Christian because of something else. They want to be a part of what God is doing for a different motive. And so on the surface, you see them joining the camp of God and appearing to call themselves people of God. But then we see something different in verse 19. When Philip saw that these people needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he sent for, or they called for Peter and John and so they came, they prayed, and the people received the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity that is God, the Holy Spirit. And they received him, he, him working in their lives. And people were, they received power. And so Simon now came and said, okay, now this is cool. I've never seen something like this before. You can transfer your power to someone else. I want that. Now, this is, this is all going on in his heart. This is all going on in his mind. But guess what he does? He then uses his money to entice the disciples to give him God's power. Now, the amazing thing about this is his knowledge, his mindset had not changed yet though he had believed so there is a sanctification piece that he did not succumb to yet or he had not received yet and it's a very tricky one to dissect because there are many times where people say things like i believed um, but i'm still struggling with these desires i'm still struggling with these thoughts i'm still struggling with this old sinful nature but there's a part where our will, our desire for good, needs to partner with the Spirit of God. So there's a work that we have to do as well. To restrain the flesh. By flesh, I mean the urges of human beings. Just some unthinkable reflex urges or desires or responses. Having a will that desires to withstand 
succumbing to those desires anymore. So the desire to please God is much higher than the desire to please the flesh. But he hadn't gotten there yet. So in verse 19, it says, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee. I remember hearing this in a Nigerian um, accent. Your money die with you, dear. Anyways, let's read verse 20. It says, Thy money perish with you, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. I repeat, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Verse 23, For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Now, there's a scripture that people who are practicing sin say, um, well, Peter, I mean, Apostle Paul also said, who can, save, who can save me from this life of sin? The things I want to do, I do not do them. The things I do not want to do, I do them. But then I often say, what is the last verse of that scripture? Because he described something, but he didn't say that that was his forever mode. He described an experience, but he also described the victory of it all. I remember when people read the Psalms and they say, oh my gosh, it seems like David is angry. But every time David finishes a Psalm, he ends with giving God back the glory. And so you may ask, then what is the solution to this urge for sin, this bond of iniquity? The answer is repentance. Turning back to God desperately and praying to God seeking his mercy for dear life and you may ask but God is so loving why do you need to plead so hard it's not for God it's for you it's for you to realize and for you to commit yourself to a choice to follow after righteousness it comes beautifully when it is your choice to please God. It, it is you just saying, I choose to please God. I wasn't coerced. I wasn't forced. I wasn't guilt-tripped. I just want to follow God. And by you committing yourself to this, the Spirit of God will work in you till the image of Christ is formed. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you were blessed by this short exhortation. Um, I hope that I can do more of this. And if you enjoy it, do send me your messages or your feedback. And we'll see next week or next time. Before I let you go, 
I wanted us to say an affirmation um, over the heart from verse 21. So the scripture we read was Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8, verse 19 to 23. But from verse 21, it says, Lord, let my heart be right in your sight, O God. I want us to repeat that after me. Lord, let my heart be right in your sight, O God, always. And I pray that this will be your lot in Jesus' name. Take care. Bye-bye.